0: Welcome to Jeff JC. An epic podcast for hairdressers. All right, guys, today's episode is something I am so excited about. You guys have been asking for this episode for so long and we finally made it happen. This is going to be an episode with my dad. As many of you know, my dad is my business partner and he's honestly like the brains behind the whole organization. He's the one who handles and manages our money and our investments and everything that we do that has to do with money and finances. He's our guy. And I can confidently say that Jay Z Styles would not be where it is today without him. We often talk about how during COVID, you know, a lot of businesses had to close because of the hard times and the shutdowns, and we could have possibly been in a situation like that if it hadn't have been for my dad and his smarts with money. And I know that this podcast is something that a lot of stylists want to hear because when it comes to saving money, paying taxes, investing, we honestly have no idea where to begin because a lot of the times we are our own bosses. So we are going to have him today to talk about all things money. We have daddy in the house. Daddy Styles, a.k.a. Michelle Timothy, Timmy Boy Draper, is the CFO of Jay-Z Styles. He's also worked as a software engineer for the last 28 years. As long as I've been alive, he has done that job, and I'm actually shocked that he's my business partner now because I never saw that coming. I never saw him dabbling in the hair world, but he's honestly thriving and he's so good at it. At Jay-Z, he's like the man behind the curtain that does so much more than anyone knows. His expertise include finance, numbers, accounting, technology, and being the daddy to everyone within the Jay-Z Styles family. When it comes to finances, it can be a tricky subject no matter if you're a commission stylist, a booth runner, a salon owner, or more. So we wanted to create an episode that talked a little more in depth with the sticky subject of finances, taxes, and all things more behind the scenes of being a hairdresser. So hopefully this episode can help you when it comes to this crazy time of year with filing taxes or if you're someone that's kind of looking to start their own business or do your own thing. We kind of want to just give you guys episodes that will help with that. So we're thinking of making this a series called Money with Michelle. We will get into his nickname, Michelle, in the podcast because if you don't understand, it's probably super confusing to you, but he is so good at money. So we're going to be doing probably one episode every one or two months talking about different subjects within finance, taxes, being a hairdresser, paying your taxes, being your own boss, things like that. So without further ado, we welcome Daddy Styles, aka Michelle, to Just Jay Z. All right, Dad, so you are on our podcast. First off, I have a question for you. Have you ever been on a podcast before? This is my first. <laughs> this Yay. is our first too. So just kidding. <laughs> Do you listen to podcasts?
1: I listen to a lot of podcasts. Oh, you know, I, go, I go through phases where I listen to them a lot, then I stop and then I come back to them.
0: Yeah. So what are your favorites?
1: I listen to a lot of stuff on Tesla, investing, mm-hmm. that, that type of stuff.
0: This is why I you're on the thinking, podcast today.
2: <laughs> I was thinking Michelle was more of a... The Murder Mystery Podcast.
0: Oh, no. he's not, not that like Michelle that.
2: Michelle was more of like a murder mystery kind of podcast guy.
0: Michelle hates scary movies or anything gory, right? Yeah, that's what? true. Yep. Yeah. You would never know.
2: Daddy's not no, stuff so after all.
1: No, I'm not. I really like stuff on money. That's always very interesting to me. And Tesla is very interesting to me. Green, all that type of stuff. It's just very interesting. It's just where I end up going.
0: So are you jealous that I have a Tesla? <laughs>
1: He's like, nope. Yeah, Yes, very much so.
0: Oh, I didn't expect that. You're not jealous no, that I, you I, didn't have to spend the money though.
1: Correct. Because every time I go out and I build mine, I look at the price and I go, maybe next year.
0: <laughs> Wait, you can build your own <laughs> Tesla?
1: Well, yeah, you can go out to tesla.com and you can go in and say, I want this, 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 and it'll tell you, this is your price. And I always see that price and I'm like, for me, I find it more interesting to invest than to spend on something for me.
0: Yeah. Which is exactly why we have you on today. So we're going to be grilling you with all the questions that come with money, finances, the things that, you know, you're really good at. And before we start with that, I kind of want you to give some background on who you are, what you do, and kind of how you got interested in money. And, you know, you're not an accountant and you can kind of explain the knowledge you have before we get started.
1: Yeah, and I would first and foremost say I am not a professional. I just am giving you our experience with Jay-Z, with my wife's business that she's had for 15 years. So I've got experience in day-to-day stuff, but I'm not an accountant. And I would definitely say, I would recommend you talk to someone who knows what they're doing, an accountant, specifically a CPA. Yeah. So for me, basically, I've been a software engineer for 26 years and... That is my day job. And I still do that day job. And then I do Jay-Z stuff on the side or or in the evenings. And that's just technology. That's kind of my real expertise. So software
0: engineer, what does that mean for the people that don't know like me?
1: (laughs) Okay. So, So what I do is, so I'm sure everyone's heard of Microsoft Outlook or exchange. Uh It's email calendaring and all that kind of stuff. I work on a competitor to that product and I've been out there for a while. It'd really be interesting to say, Jess, what do I do for a living? I've been doing (laughs) it a long time and it's always interesting to see even Diana doesn't really know what I do. (laughs) Well,
0: I always think it's funny if you guys have seen Friends when no one knows what Chandler does, that's how I feel about you. (laughs) That's true. That's how I feel. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay, so what do you do for Jay-Z Styles then?
1: So for Jay-Z, you know, I basically handle money and technology. And that's the stuff I love. That's the stuff I'm good at. And I love every minute of
0: it. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, he designed our whole website. He is our whole entire tech department. So if anything goes wrong with the website online, anything like that, he's the one that does it all. And then he also manages all of our money. So I said this in the intro, but I kind of talked about how, you know, Jay-Z wouldn't be where it's at without you managing our money. And especially during COVID times with shutdowns and, you know, the future of everyone's businesses being up in the air, the only reason we made it through was because of the way you planned our money and have saved. And have, you know, kind of structured the way we run our business. So, the reason we want to do this podcast is so that we can help other people who may be in a similar situation that are starting salons or doing their own business as hairdressers and they have no idea where to start because we were in that boat five
1: years ago. And that is so true. As you were talking there about COVID, I had a memory come to me. It was, you know, I think all of us had the same memory, just in different ways. March of 2020, and all of a sudden everything went from on. To off. And I remember coming into the salon and I was talking with Kira, Bailey, and some of the other people back there. And I remember going, we're going to be fine. Yeah. And the reason is because I had basically saved enough money. I shouldn't say me. We had been able as a business to be able to put money aside Mm -hmm. so that we could say, we will make it through to the other side. If we didn't have that cash reserve, we would not have made it. Yeah, And there are a lot of businesses, I think, in that boat.
0: Well, and I think it's interesting because you always think like, oh, you know, you never need to prepare or worry. Like, that could never happen. Like, these situations always seem so far-fetched. But I think COVID's taught all of us that anything can happen. And you need to start preparing now, you know, because you don't know.
1: Exactly. And In a business, you have to have something to fall back on. It is very hard to get a loan as a business from anybody, especially a small business. And so you have to build it up slowly, make sure you save it and have it available for a rainy day.
0: Yeah, I agree. So what I did before this episode was I went on my Instagram and I gathered a bunch of questions for this podcast because I know I have a lot of hairdressers that follow or people starting their own businesses that are interested in the business side (coughs) of what we do. So I kind of gathered like the top questions and we're just going to (coughs) run through them for you guys and have my dad answer to the best of his abilities. So one of the most asked questions that I got and that I actually get quite often is how do you know what you can and cannot write off? What is considered a proper deduction examples, mileage, product, rent, insurance, etc.
1: So what we're doing is we're talking from a business perspective. Can I set some groundwork so that we're all on the same page? Yeah. So as a business and I think as stylist and I believe that's who our audience is, they're going to be at different levels. They're going to be just coming into a salon. Mm-hmm and they're going to be maybe two years, they're going to be salon owners. I think in the end, the more experience you have, you're probably going to understand taxes a little better than others. Yeah. The IRS, who we all... You know, have this beautiful relationship with. When you get into a business, you don't really know that you have a business partner or many business partners. In fact, as we're swinging back, I think of us, Jesse and I sitting at a kitchen table having our first talk about taxes. Tell me about your experience at that time.
0: So I remember I had been doing here like a year. So this was the first year I had to file taxes and pay them on my own. And I remember like, asking my dad for help. And in the past, I'd always gotten a return because I was working retailer at fast food restaurants and they take your taxes out like a regular job. So I didn't know there was anything different that went along with taxes. And my dad started telling me, okay, this is what you're going to owe. This is what you can write off. And I was so confused. And I just bawled at the kitchen table because I had no idea I had to pay taxes out of my own pocket.
1: Yeah. And I remember that. And I'm like, oh,
0: this is (laughs) like, oh crap.
1: This is no fun. It's no fun to teach someone that someone's going to take a lot of your money. Yeah. And when we say a lot of your money, I would say taxes, no matter what you do, are going to be your biggest expense through your career. Mm -hmm. And if you can learn more about it when you're younger, you can take that information with you your
0: whole career. Yeah. Stu, were you blindsided by taxes this year?
2: Yeah, I was I was actually about to say that because I feel like this is my first year like having to do it kind of on my own where it's not taken out like you were saying before. And I just remember like even like the advice that your dad's given me has like been super helpful on everything. And thank God I did it because they're like basically like save 25% of everything and you'll be fine. And I'm like, and then when you get the like number that you're going to have to pay back to like, is it the IRS? Is that who you pay it to? Yes okay thanks (laughs) that's why this is why you're here so like whenever you get that number like from your accountant you're like holy crap like I'm I'm glad that I had Michelle prepare me for like the absolute worst because I know I'm going to be okay but it is still like astronomical to think like oh like like some people don't even know that this much is being taken out of their income like throughout the entire year
1: Yeah. And Stu, you said 25%. I would say anywhere between 30, 35. If you make a lot, maybe 40%. They take so much money. And it depends on the state you live in on how they tax you because different states have different rules.
2: Yeah. Uh, this is a mental note of
0: that.
1: (laughs) And I think, Stu, what you can do is look at, okay, you saved 25%. Did it cover your expenses? If it did, you're good.
0: Yeah,
2: so it did. And I had like a little extra too. So maybe I'll get you a little gift for being our guest today and educating me more because I feel like this is something that's so tricky because you're like, where do you go to like find the rules or where do you go to like, or who makes the rules? Like, I don't feel like there's like a handbook and like, they definitely don't teach it in high school or beauty school or like really any like career, I guess, unless you're going into like the finance field. But I am thankful for sure. Like, the knowledge you have given me, like the advice, and I'm excited to like share it today.
1: And I am too. I love this stuff. This is interesting to me. A lot of people look at me and go, what are you talking about?
0: <laughs> well, we have to have people like you out there or we'd all be doomed.
2: <laughs> right? We'd all be so, crying at a kitchen table. Yep. <laughs> and
0: I... As if not... <laughs>
1: And I cry too, I just have to say.
0: (laughs) You're not invincible to this.
1: Well, you know, I'm in the middle of tax season now with Jay-Z personal stuff, and it's like, oh, it's so painful.
0: Yeah, it's the worst time of year.
1: So it's, it's hard to say because there's so much groundwork, but I guess I'll get into it. Yeah. And I think the first thing I need to say is... In 2017, 2018, there were tax law changes. What that did is it said, let's say if you're married, so Jesse, you're married here. Yeah. What's going to happen with you is you're going to start doing your taxes. And right off the get go, there's something called a standard deduction. And for a married person, it goes all the way up to $25,000. Wow. So let's suppose you're going to, and we'll cover the the things that you can write off. If all those things that you can write off are below that threshold of $25,000, you're just going to use the standard deduction and you don't need to use all those Mm write-offs. But you're going to want to calculate both so that you can decide what's best for you.
0: So it's true what they say that for tax purposes, being married is better.
1: Well so there's something called the standard deduction for a married couple which is roughly 25,000. Mm-hmm. If you're single, like Stu, it's going to be 12,500 ish and so they break it up that way. So they say there's not a marriage penalty today. Mm-hmm. There used to be something known as a marriage penalty in taxes my understanding and i could be wrong on this is that the when they redid taxes 2017 2018 that they tried to do away with that marriage penalty oh okay so it's interesting if you're and and like i said this is always something good to work with an accountant so that they can teach you and the first time you go see an accountant you're going to have to pay money mm-hmm. and you're going to go is it worth it but like i said You're going to get knowledge when you're younger, and then you're going to start learning what questions to ask so the next year you'll do better, and every year you'll do better because you've got your whole career ahead of you. And like I said, taxes is your biggest expense. You have to figure out how to handle that better.
0: Yeah. So I always hear, especially hairdressers, talk about what you can and can't write off. Like I've heard people be like, you can write off all your outfits and getting your nails done and getting your hair done. And then I've also heard that's a big no-no. Do you want to kind of explain that? Because I feel like I hear mixed opinions.
1: Yeah. So basically what you as a business. So when you file your taxes, you can, you don't have to have an LLC. This is something I just actually learned not too long ago. And it surprised Mm -hmm. me because I thought you had to have an LLC. But if you file your taxes and you are a business, what happens is the IRS, the federal government, basically says, you're a sole, sole proprietor. You don't really need to have that LLC. And we can talk about what the LLC means in the end. But what you can do is say, if I'm a business, if I'm a stylist and I bring in money, what kind of things can I write off? Yeah. And there are lots of things out on irs.gov that basically explain a lot of this. There are other people that have tried to summarize it so you can Google, what can I write off in 2021? What are the deductions? Mm-hmm. So let me just go over a few things. So internet and phone bill. So I would say a lot of your stylists have phones, they're posting to Instagram, that's advertising, that's using their phone so they can write off what is the business portion, not the personal portion, but the business portion of that. So they're going to have to be able to track, oh, I use my phone 50% for business, personal. Then during the year, you can write off 50% of those values.
0: So, okay, I am on my phone 95% of the time for business. Can you write up to that or no?
1: (laughs) Yes, you can. Really? If it is is business, you can write it off. But does
0: that look sketchy? Like, is that going to raise red flags?
1: So when you go out on the online and you look at different write-offs, they're going to say, this is kind of a flag that you'll want to be careful for. And another one of those that I'm going to talk about in a second is home office. Mm. You can write off part of your home office, but... Everything I've read says that the IRS looks at that closely and they go, really, is it a write-off? Yeah. Now, let's look at the big picture. What you have is a government institution that has, you know, 200 million people or whatever the number is filing taxes, and all of them have a different view of what a deduction looks like. Mm And it may be different than what the IRS looks like. So the IRS is out there making all these little rules, nuances to make sure that if you declare it, that you are within the bounds that the IRS has set. Yeah. And because they want, they don't want people just declaring it because I want it. You've got to have good reason. So the IRS has a lot of rules. There are software packages or your accountant that can help you better understand that, mm-hmm. I would recommend going out there and Googling it. Okay. What, one of the things that the IRS says, in order for you to write it off, the uh, expense has to be two things, ordinary and necessary.
0: For a home office or for anything?
1: Anything. Oh, okay. Th- th- those are the words that they use, ordinary and necessary. If it's outside of that, there's a good chance that they're going to say, uh, I don't like that. Oh, okay. But if you look at a home office, what they do is they have, and I don't want to drill down too much into detail here. They have two ways you can write off your home office. They can say square footage, or you can write off a percentage of your heating and all that for your business. Okay. You know, all the different things that you do. It may just be easier just to write off a percentage. But they also say that it can only be used for your business. It can't be used for anything else. Okay. And it has to be a separate place that you use only for your business. And so that's one of their governing stipulations. So if you fit into it, do it. You can prove it. Great. Mm -hmm. And with
0: COVID, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be writing off home offices. That's exactly
2: what I was thinking.
1: Well, so for me, look at my day job. I work work for someone and I may not be able to write off my home office because I work for someone. I am not (gasps) self-employed. Oh, I didn't know that. You can't ride off a home
0: office if you're working for someone else. Oh, okay. That is interesting. So if you're your own boss, it's totally fine. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's interesting. Yeah.
1: You You have a business that you're going out, you know, and it's a real business. And I would say as, as a stylist, you have a real business. And there are lots of things. Another big one is vehicle use. Can I ride off my vehicle? Uh-huh. So there's lots of rules around this one as well. And I would say before you just go out and write it off, you got to understand what the rules are. Okay. First and foremost, it has to be for the business use. If it's for personal, you can't write that off. So oh, for, okay. for business miles, basically what that means is if you drive, let's say you're at your salon and you drive to the beauty supply and then you come back, that mileage you can deduct. And I think what it boils down to this year, 2021, it's like 57 cents per mile that -hmm. you can write it off. On a vehicle, there's two different ways you can write it off. If you're out and about driving for your job, like Diana used to drive a lot. My wife used to drive a lot for her business, going from house to house, doing construction, but she was her own boss and she lived in her car. And the amount of miles Mm -hmm. she put on the car was great. And so we had two ways that we could write it off, the miles or the business portion of it. Like, what is the car payment, oil, changing state taxes and all that? Yeah. You keep track of that, and then you can say, my percentage of the car you know, for business was this. That's yeah. a little harder to do, so it's a little easier to do miles.
0: Okay, this always confused me. Is it true you cannot write off driving to work?
1: That is correct. So for a vehicle, what the IRS says is you have to come up with what's called a home office. And from there, if you go visit clients or whatever, go out, that's where you can start your mileage. So for Diana, when she worked, her home office was her office in in our our house. And what she could do is she could say, when I left the house to go to a supply place or to a client... She could start the clock going from the house to the other place that she was going to.
0: Mm, okay.
1: You, on the other hand, your house is not your main office. Mm-hmm. The salon is your main office. Yes or no for you? Yes. Okay. So from your office, now if you go out and you are doing something for clients, picking up product, that is when you can start the mileage.
0: Okay. Okay. I mean, I guess I just don't understand how, like, going to work doesn't count for, like, something you write off because you have to go to work.
1: They say daily commute is not a part Mm -hmm. of your Wait, can I say
2: something? Yeah. Sure. Oh, Okay, so what I was going to say, like, what I got out of that is, like, you're kind of obligated to go to work. There's no reason to have a deduction for that, so they're not going to count, like, like, say... We're at the salon, we're gonna to run to the beauty supply and pick up shampoo for someone and drive back the miles to the beauty supply and back to the salon. Only from the salon, it counts as your deduction. Because you had to use those miles for work. Yes.
0: Okay, that kind that makes more sense. Still stupid, but it's a,
1: it. <laughs> yeah, it's all business. And 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 in essence, the IRS is going, they you know, they get lots of people trying to claim all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And so every year they tighten up what they can do. And it is what it is, but they're saying you can't write it off if it's personal and the daily commute they consider personal.
0: Okay. That makes sense.
1: So that's another one. Let's say you have a building and you have to pay rent on that building. You can write that off.
0: Mm, The whole thing? Yes. Whoa. I didn't know that. Like your work building.
1: Correct. Like like Jay-Z Salon that we, at one point we rented it. Mm -hmm. When we rented it, we basically could deduct our rent.
0: So now that we own it, we can't do a mortgage.
1: Well, so what happens is when it's switched over a mortgage, you can write off the interest, kind of like a mortgage oh, on a house. Okay. But it's the mortgage on the loan.
0: Okay, that makes sense then. That's yeah. cool. I didn't know that.
1: Another thing that you can write off is education to improve your skill set for the job that you currently have.
0: That's why we need to be taking classes, too.
1: That also applies to people that are taking Jay-Z classes. Oh. If it's education that, you know, helps better them for their career, they can write it off on their taxes.
0: Can they write off the travel to get there as well?
1: Yes, they can.
0: You hear
2: that, people? In the hotel.
1: So let, let me qualify all this. Okay. I... Recommend 100% talking to someone about this. Yes. Every every situation is different. And I don't want to be out there, yes, just do it. Your situation is unique, it's different. I would recommend talking to someone about your situation and just making sure that you're you're following Mm -hmm. the rules so that you don't get burned on the back end.
0: Yes, definitely. It's always good to have a professional opinion.
1: Yeah. But in general, The rule is if you are basically getting education for the job that you currently have, you can basically get write-offs. If you have to travel there, and like like I said, there's all sorts of rules about travel as well. There's, I have to get there. But if you drove there and it's only like 30 minutes away, you can't say, "I, I need to stay overnight and write that off. Okay, But but if you go outside of an ordinary day's work, like eight hours or something, or if you get on a plane to go, you can write off that travel.
0: So this if is a you, good time for all of you guys to go to our website, jayzystyles.com slash classes and invest in yourself for a write-off.
1: <laughs> and that is perfect. And we can get into more detail on this. So for travel, like for instance, if you go and you take your family members If they're not a part of your business, you can't write off their portion.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: And if you go and let's say you're going to take a partial vacation, you can only write off the business part of your day. So, for example, I believe the rule is you have to work four hours out of the day in order to be able to claim it. Oh, wow. Okay. There's lots of rules around everything. When it comes to this kind of stuff.
2: Okay. So, if if the like requirement is working four hours a day, Jesse's definitely on her phone promoting (laughs) Jay Z or doing some kind of stuff for at least the minimum of four hours. So, I guess every day's a write off for you, Jesse.
0: Yeah, my whole life is work. (laughs) And we love it. I
1: I have to say, we love it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we. (laughs) But
1: you couldn't couldn't get on. So, you would, if you're going. To a different location, there has to be a need. Like, I'm meeting a customer. You just can't go there and be on your phone and say, Mm -hmm. Oh, I worked and count those travel costs. There Mm -hmm. has to be a reason to go there.
0: All right. So, what do you think about clothing and things like that?
1: So, what I've read on clothing is you can't just write off clothing unless it's a uniform. Like, what I think of is nurses or doctors, they're wearing. they're wearing scrubs. Yeah. And I would say that's a uniform, but to buy really expensive, nice clothes that look good for going to work. I think the IRS would frown upon that and say that you cannot deduct.
0: Can't write off my free people. That's a from, disappointment <laughs> from know, what I've read. Wait, those receipts, girl.
1: <laughs> and from what I've read, and I would, if you doubt me, please go talk to a professional.
0: Yeah. All right. That's a good one.
1: So a few uh, more things. Go ahead, Stu.
0: Oh, so,
2: like, from my understanding of it, because in, like, the like beauty industry, everyone, I do hear a lot of, like, oh, I'm writing off my lashes and everything, like, my nails, my clothes, everything counts. Like, I have to look cute for work. It's a requirement, so I'm writing off every piece of clothing I bought. And that does, like, seem a little sketchy on my end. From my understanding, if it, like, unless it's, like, something like scrubs or, like, a uniform in that scenario, it's not, like, a uniform like just going to free people, like for Jessie, for an example, she can go spend all the money at free people. But if it doesn't have like a logo on it, it doesn't count as a deduction because it's not like promoting your business or it's not like considered a uniform because it doesn't have that, like, I guess, the logo on it.
1: That could. And, and I would say if you're wanting to dig deep into, can I write my clothes off, go out and Google it. And I would also say there are a lot of people out there that have a lot of opinions. That's just what people have. Mm -hmm. Just because they put it in writing doesn't make it right. So there's a website called the irs.gov, and it's not fun to go through, but that's the (laughs) definitive resource on what are the rules. And then I would also talk to a CPA if you really have questions and you go, I really want to do this. Because at the end of the day, you could go spend a lot of money and at the end of the day, you could go, you know, tax time and they'll go, yeah, that's great, but you can't use it for your deductions Yeah, and then you're going to be out. So just make sure you understand before you do it. For example, just a little side note. When Jesse, and I'll just bring up a little example here. Mm -hmm. Jordan was trying to find out what can you write off when he was trying to do the Tesla that you guys were looking at. Yeah. And he's like, go talk to your accountant. So I went and talked to the accountant and I'd probably talked to the accountant 12 times about this type (laughs) of stuff. And the accountant said something like this. Hey, you know, it's got to be business use. That's when you can write it off. And he goes, it's not business use if you just go wrap your car and it has Jay-Z styles on it. That is not business use. It's not marketing. So that is what the accountant said to me. Just because you wrap your car that says Mm -hmm. Jay-Z styles, you can't just all of a sudden write off your whole car. Oh, wow. What you could do is you could say the advertising part of the expense of wrapping your car would be considered advertising, Mm -hmm. but the day-to-day driving is not.
0: Okay. That makes sense.
1: Is it ordinary? Is it necessary? That's what they always jump to the IRS.
0: Okay. Yep.
1: So there's a whole list of things that you can write off. You can write off mills. Like when you travel to a Jay-Z class, you can write off the mills. The interesting thing about 2020 in the past, it was 50% of the mills. And in general, that's what it is. But they made an exception because for COVID, they're trying to make it so that people spend money on the businesses for restaurants and eating out. They made it 100%.
0: Really?
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. But let me state, it's not not like the federal government is coming in and saying, oh, we're going to pay for your mill. All it is is a write-off. It's not a Mm -hmm. full write-off of the mill. It's just saying that when you pay that money, you'll be able to get a small break on your taxes because you did it for your business, trying to improve your business.
0: Oh, okay. That makes sense.
1: Other things. Business insurance. I'll talk about something that probably every every stylist should have, which is called professional liability insurance. Mm-hmm. And that basically protects you if you do something You know, you cut someone's hair too short or something and they go crazy and Mm -hmm. they actually go to the point of hiring a lawyer and suing you. And my understanding, and I state all these, as my understanding is that professional liability insurance comes into play in those cases. It's not super expensive. You have it, Stu, right?
2: I do. I didn't intend to write it off. I'm kind of mad at myself now,
1: (laughs) Well, okay. So that's an interesting point. The more you know about tax. So in the end, I think what it is, is no one cares about your money more than you do. So when you go to your accountant, your CPA, they're just going to go, tell me a little about your business. And if you don't know, oh, my business insurance, I can write off. They may not ask you that. So Stu, you now know that business insurance can be written off and next year you can go, oh, I've learned something. I'm going to tell them about that expense. So that'll help you a little bit next year. And you may want to go back and talk to them this year because you haven't had to file it yet unless you have.
2: No, I haven't. I've gotten like everything together. I just haven't like officially filed it. So maybe I will go back and do that because that is helpful. And I feel like anything with taxes or paperwork or business, like that's a good example. It's just like learn as you go.
1: Yeah, it is. And the sooner you start to learn, the more knowledge you'll have through the rest of your career.
2: Mm-hmm. Love to hear it.
1: Okay. So how much was your uh, professional liability insurance? Do you remember, Stu? Probably wasn't um, that much.
2: No, it's, it's cheap. It's around, uh-huh, I pay it like every six months. Or actually this past time, I paid it for the year. So like it was, let me, I can get back and tell you really quick because I don't I have like two numbers in my head. Sorry. Uh,
1: definitely it, 250 is probably what I would expect. 300 for the year.
2: It was, it was
1: $278.42. Ooh. All right. Well, you can write that off on your taxes. That's just one of many different things you can do. And I'll just quickly go over some other stuff. Advertising. If you pay for advertising... You can get that as well. If you are working for yourself and you don't have health insurance and you need to go out and get health insurance, my understanding is you can write off the health insurance Mm.
2: premiums.
0: Well, that's good. Yeah.
2: I'm glad you brought that up about advertisement because, like, obviously, like our platform and like our audience is hairstylists. So that advertisement could be considered as like an Instagram ad about like come in and like get your hair done or like a Facebook ad. Is that correct? Correct. Perfect. Heck yeah, we're just telling you left and right what to write
0: off.
1: <laughs> and I'll, I'll say it again, do your own due diligence. Yeah.
0: Does, does every state have different laws with this?
1: Well, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about is now federal government, IRS. Mm-hmm. And so what will happen is like for a business, you'll go through, let's say, let's say we're talking about Jay-Z Salon. Mm-hmm. We'll go through and we'll say, okay, we made X dollars. And then we're gonna get ready for taxes. What we'll do is we will basically say, this is our, our money made, then we'll submit all the stuff to our accountant. And he's gonna go say, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Mm-hmm. And and then we're gonna come up with a bottom line. And then for the state of Utah, once we have that bottom line, that's what we get taxed on from the state of Utah. So we don't necessarily need to do all this stuff for the state of Utah. Different states can be different. It's just now that I have my bottom line, the state of Utah is going to say, guess what? You owe owe taxes on 5% on that bottom line.
0: Oh, okay. That
1: makes sense. So for state taxes, you get the benefit of all of these, you come up with a line, and then you get taxed. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah, that
2: does make sense. Something that I was thinking about doing this year is, like, instead of just paying, like, one lump sum, like, right now, like, in the beginning of the year during, like, tax season and everything, is, like, would it be better or, like, more beneficial or, like, what has been, like, your take on paying quarterly versus, like, yearly?
1: Yeah. So, if you work for yourself, you are supposed to pay quarterly. There's something... Supposed
0: to, like, it's, like, you have to or you'll get in trouble?
1: Yes. Well... So I would say trouble's a strong word. There's something called an underpayment penalty. And what happens is all businesses, now this is the federal side, all businesses need to pay quarterly. And what happens is the government tracks how much you paid during the year so that when you go to file, they're going to say, well, we expected quarterly earnings, you didn't give it to us. So there's going to be a penalty. And that means that they're going to say, let's say you owe a thousand dollars and I'm making up numbers here. We're gonna we're gonna expect two things. One interest and two, a percentage. I think it's 0.05% as a penalty. So there's a penalty. And I'm I'm saying that I read it, but I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. what it is. And so what I would say right from the get-go is that you don't want to pay interest. You don't want to pay a penalty because you're already paying so much in taxes. You just don't want to increase it. And what they do, what the IRS does is how they calculate whether whether you owe something is they've got two ways to look at it. They say, Pay 100% of the taxes that you paid last year during the previous year, and you probably won't be penalized, or 90% of this year's taxes. Oh, wow. If you're below that, there is the potential for a penalty and
0: interest. Okay. That's interesting.
2: Something that I thought was really unique that was good to know that I found out from my account, I don't know, I'm sure you know about it, Michelle, but... Because of COVID, they were able to defer 22.5% of self-employment tax from this year to next year. But it was like completely optional if you wanted to do it. And it would like help you since like everyone obviously had a hard year this past year with like the pandemic and everything going on. And like, especially a lot of hairstylists haven't been able to like work as much as they need to or like take as many clients because of like limits being like, uh, like limits whenever it comes to like how many people can be in this line and stuff. Have you like heard about that or like, would you suggest it? Like, obviously you'd have to pay that 22 and a half percent next year, but.
1: Yeah, that's correct. And I think, I think everyone will have to decide like from a business perspective, like uh, Jay-Z styles, we, we had the option to do that, but we decided not to because the accounting and all that to manage it just it was it was crazy yeah. and and then all of a sudden we'd have to at some point in the future make it up and it was just it was too much hassle in my mind so i just said let's just pay it all right now as we go along cuz we have to pay money for our employees mm-hmm. some of these part of this tax liability
0: oh yeah i forgot about that yeah.
2: And then uh, that's good. That's what I decided to do. I was like, I have the means to do it because I have been good about saving this year. So I'm like, I'm not going to like push off any money, like as a smart decision to be like, okay, I'll just, owe like X amount next year. I don't have to worry about it now. It'll be tomorrow or next year's problem. I guess you could say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's smart. Actually. Thank you. I'd see. I am actually pretty darn smart. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought a little (laughs) Southern dumpling from Alabama has brains.
2: (laughs) Also, what's a good tip or like how, what would you suggest to do to stay organized when it came to keeping up with everything for your taxes?
1: Good question. In the end, what you have to do is you have, you have personal and you have business. You have to have two sets of books basically. So from personal, you know, you have money coming in from your business and then you have to pay off all this personal stuff. Mm-hmm and then you have on your business side a separate checking account. All the money that you earn from your business comes into this. All your expenses run out of it. If you have them mixed, the government, if they come in and audit you, and and there's no guarantee that they will audit you, but there is potential, and they can come in and say, well, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So you try to separate them. And the bigger you get, the more separation you definitely want to have. For example, for us on the Jay-Z side, we have software that we use that's called, it's like QuickBooks. It's a little different, but but QuickBooks. Mm -hmm. It's like business software that you could use for personal or for business. We use the business side. So every time we make a dollar or we make a sale, Or we buy something, it all comes in here. And we have to figure out, okay, what does that fall into? What category does that fall into? Is that rent or whatever? And we're doing that during the year to stay organized. Yeah. And then what I can remember is, you know, as we started up, especially at the beginning, Jay-Z, you know, as it approached tax time, I remember January, February, March, we were digging into all of our transactions, trying to figure it out manually. And it took forever to do this. But if you keep track of it during the year, it just makes it so much easier. And you know, the bigger you get, the more money you bring in, the more expenses you have, the more you can stay organized, the less of a headache it'll be at tax time.
0: Yeah, I agree yeah. with that.
2: Some tips that I have for being organized and like trying to keep everything, because honestly, I feel like if you, if I waited to like this time of year to try to do every single thing, like last minute, it would just be a mess. And like, obviously things would get missed, like deductions and write-offs and everything like that. But something that I do is like, I have a business account. So anything that I make automatically goes into there. And it's almost like I give myself a paycheck. And so like out of my business account, I will like only spend things like at the beauty supply, whenever it comes to like product back bar things that I know that I can write off. So then if I ever need to go back and look at anything, I know that it's all in this account. I'm not like, oh well, I did go and like the Cosmo Prof <laughs> on this one debit card that I have. It's yeah. and so then obviously like my business accounts where like every, I can go back and find my deductions and everything. And what I do is like at one of my old jobs when I worked at a bank, we had like the end of the month reports we had to do. So if it's like the 30th or the 31st, I just go through. And have like a little Excel sheet. And I'm like, okay, I paid my assistant this on this Excel sheet. I went to all these beauty supplies, and like write off all my receipts on that. So then when it does come to this time of the year, it's just like, okay, here's all my sheets. I'm going to forward them to my accountant and let's get the ball rolling.
0: Yeah, I agree. When I used to do hair more consistently, I would keep a running total of things like that and then just add it in at the end of the day, what I paid my assistants, what I bought that day. And then I'd have like a little file folder of all my different receipts and I had them like organized per month. And that helped a ton. Now I'm kind of on payroll because I do more business stuff now. So I don't have to worry about the day-to-day stuff like that. But I would say staying organized is your best friend, especially if you're paying quarterly, because then you're not doing this four times a year where you're scrambling to find everything thing
1: Yeah, the end of the year is going to be miserable if you're not organized. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Just one of the things that Diana does with her miles before she came over to Jay-Z, she would put on her calendar, Where she was going, who she was going to see, all the information that's necessary to be able to write it off, how far it was. And so at the end of the year, she would look at her calendar to be able to track all that information.
0: Oh, that is smart. Because I think miles would be the hardest thing to write off if you weren't keeping track of it. Like, how would you know where you drove, you know, five months ago? Like, that's impossible.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's no way to know that.
0: Okay. So the next question we wanted to ask, I kind of want to do a full episode on this, getting deeper into it later on. We can just skim the surface today, and then we will do a whole episode dedicated to this because we get it a lot. But people want to know how our payroll system works.
1: It's easy. I'll give one sentence. Our accountant takes care of it.
0: (laughs) We leave that to the professionals.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, payroll's hard, and and so as as we were getting in and hiring people, what we said is, hey, accountant, do you provide this service? He goes, yeah, we we do. And so we pay our accountant, you know, a monthly fee. And I think every time we run payroll, we pay a fee. Mm-hmm. At some point, we may want to bring that into Jay-Z, because as we grow, you know, it's cheaper if that's in-house instead of external.
0: Because as we add more employees, like it goes up in cost, right?
1: Correct. Because the complexity is what you have to do is you have to withhold all these taxes for your employees, federal and state, and these taxes cannot be in your own business or personal accounts. That's a no-no. Mm-hmm. And then you have to file them every so often. I think with the state of Utah, I think they have to file it once a month. Oh, wow. And the federal, I, I don't know what that is. But it's involved. And that's why we have our accountant do it.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't really know that at Jay-Z Styles, we have employees and then we also have commission stylists that are kind of independent contractors. And I've gotten a lot of questions about that because it's not like a typical salon structure. We do it a little differently. It's all legal, but we will get into that in another episode because we could talk about that and kind of break down how we do it. But with our employees, they are on payroll, they get paid once a week and our accountant does it all, which is really nice. Correct. Correct. Money-saving tips and tips for paying off debt. And in the the outline right here, Stu wrote, perfect question for daddy, winky face.
2: (laughs) I put in the outline, perfect question for daddy, smiley face. You, I don't know what it is, but you talking to me, like even like on trips or like anywhere, just like little things about like, oh, save your money and then do this. And then you need to like save, like it doesn't even matter, like just a small amount. And then we can like even like get into like investing and stuff like that. And like, I don't know if I'm ready for all that yet. But you are, I feel like when I think of a money question or like a money savings question, you're my go-to guy. Even though I feel like I don't talk about that like kind of like more like serious stuff a lot, I feel like this is going to be like your time to shine because this is like your specialty.
1: Yeah, thank you. For me, this is a very interesting topic and it probably would be good for its own episode so I won't want to get into a ton. Mm -hmm. I think the things that I would point out, unless you want me to, I don't know how deep you want me to go. Let's
0: skim the surface in this one. And then we will do a dedicated episode on this topic with, you know, saving money, getting out of debt, because there's probably a lot we could talk about with it.
1: Yeah. So I always give a quote and my kids know this. (laughs) I say it all the time. It's not how much money you make. It's how much you Save. save, save, Jessica likes to put st- a different <laughs> word in there. What's the word you normally put in there?
0: When you say that sentence, I say, it's not how much you make, it's how much you spend. <laughs> and then I say, you can always make more money.
1: And that's true. And there is that,
0: but it's not, no, it's not advised. I'm just being funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for me, you know, I, I think the way I look at this is I've seen on Instagram a lot more of this. It's choose your own hard. You know, life is hard. You can choose to spend your money now and and have it hard later on, or you can choose to save your money now and have it a little eat and have hard now because you're not spending it on everything you want and having it a little easier later on in life. It's choose when you want your hard. You have a choice.
0: Well, and I think a lot of people live for the here and now, and they make decisions based off of that, not thinking of the future we all need to be better at that. At least I do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So what? this is what I would say. And it's easy. You don't have to be smart. It's behavior. It's changing your behavior. And so what it is, is one, spend less than you make. Mm -hmm. It's easier said than done. And you just have to. And then, so what there is, is there's a difference. You've got this money that you didn't spend, that you've saved, now what you have to do is you have to take that money and you have to put it to work for you. And that means invest it. Mm-hmm. And I would say in a, in a future podcast, we could talk about what all that means. And you invest it and then that money. And then what it, what it means is if you get paid weekly, if you get paid two times a month, every paycheck, you have to save some of that money yeah. and invest it. You need to automate it so that it just happens. For example, with my paycheck that I have come in, I have part of it go into my personal account that pays all the bills, that's what we live on. Then I have another part that goes over to my retirement. Then I have another part that goes over to my brokerage account. And then automatically it gets put into investments. I don't think about it. Yeah. If I think about it, it won't happen.
0: And do you have those investments already lined up? Like you've picked which investments and it Correct. just does it? Okay, cool. Uh-huh. I
1: would say the, that's one way to do it. From the notes, it says paying off debt. One of the things, you know, there's there's different people out there that are... are More savvy about this stuff, Dave Ramsey. I've I've listened to him. Mm. He's really into the this space, and he's got a podcast that that's worth listening to. You may not believe everything or what he says, but what he says is, if you have debt, you're living in the past. So all the all the current money that you have in is paying for your past. So the first thing you need to do is pay off your past. Mm. Get rid of that debt. And there's different ways to do that, and I've worked with Jesse on helping her pay her debt off, and I think she's I done a pretty good job. I officially have
0: zero debt. Woo! Me too. And at that's the end of the year. That's well, my New
2: Year's resolution.
0: Oh, that's amazing! I love that. Well, and there's and also good debt and bad debt because, like, you need to have obviously your car if you need to have a car loan, and you know things like that. That it's also necessary to build credit, but like unnecessary debt and just frivolous debt is where it can just go so wrong, and it's so easy to fall into that hole.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of people that would maybe say there's no good debt. And yeah. like like for cars. I think Dave Ramsey would say that's one thing you don't want to put money into. You want to pay as little as possible mm-hmm. for a car. And and you know, there's just everyone has a unique way they want to do it. So they can pick and choose. Yeah. But basically what you're trying to do is say, I don't want to take today's money and have it pay for my past. I want to take today's money and save it for the future. Yeah. And that's that that's how I live. We have we have no debt. I don't have a house payment. I don't have anything.
0: You have a car yeah. that's about to blow up any second?
1: Yeah, but that's <laughs> by that's by choice. Yeah, I drive a Mini Cooper that's not even really mine. It was Diana's. It's a 2006. <laughs> Every time I started, I'm like, "Please start." But the idea that I don't have a car payment, that yeah. just is so it's for me that's interesting. Now I can take that money and I can put it into investments. For me, that is much more interesting.
0: And I will say it's a very freeing feeling. I paid off my car last month and it is so nice. And now I'm like, I am going to run this car into the ground because it's awesome not to have a car payment.
1: And that's how, once you get there, so I would say two things. Once you get there debt-free, it's like, you don't want to go back there. And then once you start investing and seeing your money grow and what it can do, Mm -hmm. you're like- I don't want to buy anything. I want to put it in here and watch it grow yeah. because it's addicting it's kind of, to see your money grow.
0: It's like gambling, but in a better way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. So like you, I don't
0: even, we, I think, I don't remember
2: what trip we were on, Michelle, but you were talking to us at dinner one night about like just giving us little bits of advice about saving money and everything. And you're right. Whenever you say it like comes down to your behavior, like if you're going to, like for me and Jesse, like we both love the shop. Like we <laughs> would buy anything. Like I'm, I love a good Amazon purchase at midnight. Like that was my problem. I was yeah. buying stupid things that I didn't need. So what I ended up doing is like opening up like a, another checking account and it's kind of like, I'll call it like my allowance account. So I'm like, okay, this is how much we did. This is like how much we made this month. This is like the little allowance you're going to get. You can spend that on everything. And it's like more of like that also like includes like my gas and like food for me and stuff like that. But I'm like, if I have money left over, that's when you can shop with that. Like that's when you can buy your crazy pants and your Doc Martin. And like it honestly is like such a other high than to like giving myself an allowance and say, like, this is the only debit card you can use for anything that's not like business or anything like that. Because like seeing like my savings account grow gets me so excited. I can't even. <laughs> I never thought I'd be that person, but it honestly is such a good feeling once you finally like buckle down and do it.
0: 22 hits different.
1: And and They're this really is dead. what this is what we could do. I would say, and I, I'm just throwing it out there, Jesse. You you guys can decide. What I would say is awesome, Stu. Now we need to take it to the next level. And what we could do with Jesse and Stu is over the next however long start taking you to the next level. We have our next episode. You have experience and then you can share your experience going Ooh. to the next level.
0: And what does like that mean? That. Like saving, paying off debt, investing? What do you mean?
1: Well, what we could do is sit down and go, okay. And I don't need to know everything. It's just high levels. Okay. This is what, and and what I would say is this is what I would do, but it would be one, you know, let's get your debt paid off. Let's get a brokerage account set up and let's get things automated. Mm-hmm. And you can start with small amounts and then over time. And when I say over time, over two or three months, start <laughs> growing it. And the sooner you can start building, the sooner it compounds and it'll be a big amount at a future date.
0: Yeah. I like but that. But you have to be consistent. Yeah. We should do three. challenges for you. For each of us on these episodes. Well, I, like that. I like it. Mine
2: can be paying off my student loan because that's the only debt that I have left. And then Look at you. I that can be my challenge. Because I'm the only one here with debt.
1: <laughs> I love it. And I would say this alone can be one big episode in my mind.
0: Yeah. Okay. I like that. That's a really good one. You talk about saving money, right? So it's not how much you spend, it's how much you save. Do you recommend saving with a savings account or do you consider your investment saving?
1: Well, there's two things that you want to do. There's something called an emergency fund that you should have. And basically what that means is if something happens and that's what life is all about, things just happen and it's an emergency and an emergency isn't, I like that shirt or I like that (laughs) pair of pants. That's not an emergency. It's my car broke down. I need new tires. I don't have the money, so I have to go to my emergency fund. And typically what they say is it's two to three months of living expenses mm-hmm. that you do keep in a checking account, basically where it's available, but it's hard to get to so that you don't spend it. If yeah. you dip into it, you replace it as soon as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's tip number one. Tip number two is anything above that, you need to start making that money work for you. And that's usually through investments.
0: Okay, so have a little cash on hand for emergencies and then everything else is going to be building. Correct. That's awesome. Okay, so we get this question a lot too and I've always been curious as well. How do you start a 401k as an independent stylist? How do you save for retirement when you're your own boss? It's a lot harder when you don't work for a corporation.
1: It is. And so for me, my corporation, I am an employee. I have a 401k. So every paycheck, I basically say put money in my 401k. Mm -hmm. If we look at like, those are bigger companies. And so I think there's only like 40% of the population that has access to 401ks. Oh, wow. But there's a couple things that you can do. For a stylist, the easiest way is to invest in other revenue avenues that Mm -hmm. aren't 401ks. One would be called just an IRA. Anyone can put it in an IRA. And a 401k basically means you're putting in money pre tax an IRA and a 401k, you put money in pre-tax and it grows. Mm-hmm. And then when you're 59 and a half or later in life, when you pull that money out, they tax you. Okay. A Roth IRA is a little different. And it, actually, I kind of like it a lot. And I wish I had done more with it over my career. The Roth IRA, you put the money in after you've been taxed, but it grows tax free for as long as you can mm. and then when you pull it out, it's not taxed. oh wow, and that's anyone who's into the financial game they're like ding 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 that's where you want to go
0: yeah
2: that's what I like for me like working like in the banking industry, I feel like a roth r a is the best option to go. I don't know if this is like the bank's rule or not, or you might have just covered this, isn't it like. You have your Roth IRA. You can just put money in it, put money in it, put money in it. The tax they're taking out and it's growing, like you said. But if you're under 59 and a half, it isn't 10% of what you withdraw if you did like say, like have like need some money, like you didn't have saved in your emergency fund? Like if you took like, let's just say, like a $100 out, it's taxed. And then there's like a 10% penalty for taking that $100 out too, right? Is that every IRA or not?
1: Yeah, that's, an on, that's uh, on an IRA and a 401k. Roth IRAs are a little different. It gets a little more complex. This is what I would say. You're saving that money for later in life. Mm -hmm. Don't touch it. Because if you borrow from it, you take it out. There's something called compounding where money, like for instance, if you put money into the stock market and you buy what's called a dividend stock, every quarter they'll pay you, as an investor, they'll pay you part of their profit. And if you keep that money growing and buy more of that, over time, it's called compound interest. It starts growing exponentially. And that takes 25 to 30 years for that to kick in. But if you've been pulling money out, you'll never see it. It doesn't matter. Put it in, don't touch it, period.
0: Okay. So a lot of self-control, but you can do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If it goes in under under that IRA or 401k umbrella, all that is is a vehicle where the government's saying, you've got money saved, but we're going to treat it a little different. Just don't touch it. Do whatever you have to. Just don't touch it. That's my advice and and what I do.
0: Okay. Yep. And that's why you're at where you're at, which is awesome.
1: Well, that's where your emergency com- fund yes. comes in.
0: Yeah. And it's peace of mind. Like, honestly, less stressful if you don't have to worry about that.
1: Yeah. In the end, what you want to do is you want to prepare yourself because it takes... It takes many, many years to save up enough money where you can say, you know what? I don't have to work anymore. That's the ultimate freedom. That's time freedom. Yeah, That's what I want. And right now our society says, you don't get that till you're 65, 67 when you retire. Mm -hmm. I want that sooner. But that means you have to start when you're young, saving so that at 55 or even 45, you can say, I don't have to work.
0: Yeah, wow,
1: that's real freedom.
0: Yeah, if you retire at 65, it's like, what are you going to do at that age that you could actually do and enjoy? You know what I mean? Like you want to be able to do things younger. Yeah. All right, so what's your biggest piece of advice for someone who is starting a business or looking to kind of venture out on their own? Um, I
2: could answer it for okay. Michelle. Oh, really? This is what I would expect Michelle to say is to seek professional help <laughs> and to make sure you have all your ducks in a row.
1: Is that true? That, that That's actually true. This is what I would say because we're talking from a business perspective. I would say going and talking to a professional, a CPA, it costs money that you can write off. And what you do is, what I would recommend is say this year, go have your taxes done with a CPA if you have your business. Yeah. And they're going to walk through things. You're going to learn stuff. You're probably going to miss stuff But you're going to learn stuff. And that knowledge is going to help you for the next year. Mm -hmm. And maybe you'll learn enough where you can say, you know what? I've learned enough so that I can maybe on TurboTax do my taxes. But what I've seen is for a stylist, the amount of money they pay on the accountant is maybe more, but not. All that much more than the money that you would pay for TurboTax or something like oh, that. Oh, interesting. But you've got a professional that you can talk to and learn. It's not fun to learn about taxes, mm-hmm. but the more you know, the more you're going to be able to reduce the biggest bill in your life over your entire lifetime.
0: Yeah. Especially the it'll, more success you get and the more you grow, the more you're going to owe.
1: It'll pay out in spades.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. money, mo'
2: problem. <laughs>
0: it's true. I yeah. just had a genius idea for one of these podcasts with dad. You know how they say when everyone, like, it's kind of like a thing, like when you're drunk, you have an alter ego. We should do a podcast where dad has a beer or two, and then we get, he gives <laughs> advice from his drunk self and see if it's similar <laughs> to his sober self.
2: Oh, it would definitely be the same. <laughs> it would be fun, yeah. Michelle doesn't shut off.
0: That's true. But he does, la- you know, kind of relax and loosen up. It would just be kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk peaks and pits. Okay, so on our podcast, I'm sure you know, since you probably listen to every episode, we do something called peaks and pits, where you talk about your high point and your low point of the week. So since you're our special guest, you get to go first and tell us your peak and pit of the last week.
1: Well, we always do this, or I should say we it's hit and miss when we travel. <laughs>
0: we have not been doing it as much. We need to get doing that again.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that, it's always interesting, you know, seeing people's peaks and pits, but... I have to say on some of the other episodes that I've listened to, you didn't have the guest go first. You guys went
2: first. Jesse always throws me under the bus first. He says, dude, it's going to take it away from here.
0: It's true. You're a real fan if you knew that, Michelle. (laughs) But I can go first. We're switching it up. It's season two. (laughs) Oh,
1: it's it's season two. Yes. Okay. So peak, you know, I I would say this. It's not necessarily just this week. It would say... Working with you, working with the family, mm-hmm. working with Jay Z—it is just fun, and we're having fun as a family. We're having fun being successful. It's not all roses, and that falls into the peak. You know, yeah. I, I'm preparing for taxes for, for Jay Z for myself, and that is the worst time of the year for me. Yeah, and it's not a one night thing or anything. It's. It just takes many, many months to get that going. So that's my pit right now.
0: Yeah. I have never seen you more stressed than during tax season. As we grow
1: and we're more organized, this year probably is going to be the easiest that we've had. And so, you know, we have help now. And that is such a big relief. Mm -hmm. And so it's still stressful, but it's not as bad as this year as it has been
2: previous years.
0: Yep. I agree with that. All right, Stu, do you want to go next or you want me to?
2: I'll be happy to go. I have kind of two peaks.
0: Oh, okay.
2: My first peak is we finally got dad on the podcast. It was something (laughs) that he was like excited to talk about. And I feel like this is the podcast that we've been wanting to do for like quite some time now. And I'm like, I was, I'm literally like genuinely excited for this episode because I feel like it is going to help a lot of people out. And even like me, I feel like I've learned a few things along the way. And then my second peak would have to be that, Through, like, the advice that, like, Michelle and you, like, even your sisters, like, everyone in the Jay-Z, like, family that has, like, told me that, like, this tax season I am going to be okay. Because that was such a relief. Like, (laughs) I didn't want to pay that money. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I am going to be okay because I did play it smart and I did, like, have advice, like, we give or, like, we have gave, like, all of our listeners today. Yeah. And I would say my pit is actually... Filing my taxes soon and writing a check.
0: (laughs) Yeah, literally. It's like a stab in the gut. It is. is. That's a good one, Stu. Okay, so my peaks and pits. Stu kind of stole my peak, but having Daddy on the podcast has been so great because this episode has been highly requested. So many people want to see him on. Every time I do a little... like, question story where I'm like, who do you want to see on the podcast? You know, I'm usually expecting, like, influencers and other hairdressers, and there's always, like, dad, daddy, daddy styles, Michelle. And so it's really funny that our audience knows that, you know, what you do for us and that you're involved and that they want to hear from you. So my peak is that. And then I would say my pit is that probably that Jordan's out of town right now, and that means I'm a single mom until Sunday, and that's going to be interesting. (laughs) That is hard. Very I'm hard. Chopped liver. Chopped. You can be the fill-in husband if you would like to be. <laughs> just kidding. Fill-in <laughs> baby daddy. You're going to do um, night duty tonight?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, you got it. I'll sleep <laughs> on the floor in his room. I will say, backing Jesse up, whenever we did post those stories about who did you want on, like what kind of episodes did you want to hear? Even my sister texted me. I was like, have Jesse's dad on and talk saving money and like finances and things like that. No and way. And so finally, yeah, I was like, oh, my sister even loves dad.
1: Well, that that's interesting. I know these topics are not really all that interesting, so I find it interesting that people want to hear about it. I, I think it
2: is interesting. I think this part about it that makes people kind of like don't want to talk about it or don't want to learn about it is kind of like the unknown because like yeah. we have like basically like said in this episode, like you kind of have to take it like year by year with your taxes and like learn as you go and kind of like figure out things more like the hard way than like the it's not like something like you learn in school like I said but yeah it's just more of like actually knowing like what information is correct and like what's going to work for you and your business because it is like so different for every single one of us even us three like we're none of us are going to like do the same thing when it comes to like write-offs and like deductions or filing our taxes or anything like that
0: yeah everyone's situation is different But It's interesting. And I think that doing these segments is going to be so helpful. And I'm excited to get feedback on this episode and see what people want to hear more of because, you know, there are so many topics when it comes to finances and saving and taxes. And we could do, you know, a whole episode dedicated to each of those things, which would be great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate having you on the show. And of course, like always check out the show notes below to see our Instagram and YouTube channels and to see all of daddy styles information. Oh my gosh. We forgot to talk about why you, we call you Michelle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. My name's Tim.
0: (laughs) So this is the backstory. My dad's name is Tim. His no, 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 no. Your name is Michael and it's... Well, my
1: full name is Michael Timothy.
0: Yes. So he was named Michael, his middle name's Tim, but his parents, the lovely parents that they are, decided to give him the French spelling, which looks like Michelle. It's M-I-C-H-E-L. And so when you see it written out, that's what you're automatically going to assume. And one of my cousins, when we were younger, figured that out and started calling him Michelle as a joke. And it's just stuck. So since we were little, we've called him Michelle. He hates it, but it's just kind of how it is. And that's just his name. It's his name in my phone. It's what he answers to. I never think of him as Michael or Tim but he's Michelle or daddy styles now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I tend to answer more of what people call Michelle because I've, everyone calls me Michelle now. Yeah. I'm like, oh. we have
0: literally yelled Tim in a crowd and you won't turn around. <laughs> and if you yell Michelle, he looks it. So oh. you just got to accept it, but you can find Michelle's Instagram in the show notes. Make sure to go follow him on Instagram. I'm just going to warn you guys. It's the best Instagram ever. People like to refer to daddy as a, a dilf, if you will. And my sister Kira is in charge of running his Instagram, which means that there's always really questionable and funny things being posted. So if you I would have like-
1: very little say <laughs> on what goes out, there,
0: so. I hope people think it's you. Cause (laughs) if they do, that's really funny, but he is on it. He can see what's going on. He follows like he's, he's in the loop. So make sure to go follow him and give him a follow because he is in the Jay-Z Styles family. He's the head of our family. He's everyone's daddy. And we really enjoyed having him on. So we will be doing these little segments called money with Michelle and we hope you enjoy them. And we want to hear your feedback on what you would like to hear on these episodes. So thanks so much for listening to this one. Bye guys. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.